Yes, Jesse, as the days pass and I witness the insane, deranged, and criminal behavior of the liberal left, people like yourself, I'm convinced more than ever that electing Donald Trump was the right thing for the future of America. You fit all these criteria, Dolly Madison. You're, de you're a deranged douchebag. And you dishonor the Marine Corps. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is... I Doubt It with Dollamore. All right, everybody, welcome to the show, this 517th installment of I Doubt It with Dollamore. I'm your host, Jesse Dollamore, and I'm joined today by the illustrious, scholarly... Beautiful Debbie Reynolds. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, God. I don't understand people. Mm -hmm. I do not understand people. Yeah, so someone came up to me and told me that I look like a celebrity. Okay. <laughs> and um, I don't, I don't really, I don't really have a strong reaction to that because... I never think that it's true. You know, yeah, I, I almost sure. think like it's someone just trying to make conversation about something, you know, like someone who can't handle silence or something, you know, they're just trying to fill the space. There's a lot of those people. And, uh, which is not a problem I have, by the way. Um, I can just sit in silence all day long. Perfectly fine. Very good. It's a strength for a therapist. And one time we'll just do a little sidetrack really quick. One time I was trying to be funny and I was like performing for everybody. And you know, when you're one of these people who like likes to make people laugh, when you start getting a few laughs, you go a little crazy, you well, know? Do you? Is that what happens? Yeah. I wouldn't know anything about that. So, and so uh, this was in grad school, and um, I was talking about something, blah, blah, blah. And I started getting some laughs. And so I told a lie to get another laugh, which was um, that I'm very uncomfortable in the elevator. And like feel the need yeah, to make conversation. You're doing like a bit. It's not, yeah. you, you didn't tell a lie. You're just doing a bit. Yeah, I was doing a bit. And uh, my professor was there listening to it. It was like pre-class. Like people are milling around getting ready for class. Yeah, yeah. And then class starts and she uses my bit to shame me and tell me that my inability to handle silence in the elevator is not a good sign for... The future of my therapy career. Yeah. Essentially. <laughs> and I was like, wow, I have really fucked myself here. <laughs> All because I was trying to get some laughs. Yeah. Really great. Anyway. So anyway, Debbie, uh, go, go on and tell the story here of a co-worker. Yeah. And uh, came up to me, looked like a celebrity, said, have you seen or do you remember those 90s Halloween movies on the Disney Channel? And I said, no, I don't remember those. Um, she said, well, did you ever see Halloween Town? And I said, no, I don't know what that is. And she's like, well, you look just like the blonde woman who was in Halloween Town. And I said, okay, um, I'll like Google you that just, later. You just filed that away. Yeah. And then you went to IMDb later to see what 
what starlet you look like. Right. And <laughs> the only blonde woman that I could find in that movie was Debbie Reynolds. Who in 1999, I believe this movie came out. Yeah, I don't know what year, but um, at the time she would have been 66 years old. So that is what a high compliment that <laughs> not even 30 year old Brittany Page looks like a like a what is it a sexagenarian. I wear SPF every single day. And you're almost a 70-year-old woman. Yeah. Well, we were telling the story. Um, Was on... she talking about personality-wise <laughs> or looks? No, you look like the blonde woman. <laughs> How dare you? You act like that one woman in that movie. That would make more sense. You know, yes. the, the movie where she threw the jewel over the, the boat and lost <laughs> the... You look like that woman. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It was very strange to me, and I've wanted to go up to her and say, hey, you told me I looked like a 66-year-old woman. Is that what your intention was? Or I don't think that would be an inappropriate thing to do. Is it like your kid brain remembering just some blonde woman that you saw on the movie screen, and, and then you're like, oh, you look like a blonde woman, you know? <laughs> well, you, you know, blondes do all look kind of similar. Well... Anyway, it was very strange that people should just not tell people that they look like anybody unless right. they're telling them they look like Sofia Vergara. Like, you know, and even if it's not true at all, it should just be the peak. You know what I mean? Is that like a, one of those white lies? Like, hey, how do I look in this? Oh, yeah, it looks good. Yeah, you look like S Sofia Vergara. Yeah, that's perfect. That's yeah. a the little white lie. <laughs> I don't know that I've... No, I have. I think maybe I've talked about it on the show. Mm -hmm. Been... Told I look not only told I look like a celebrity, but was mistaken for a celebrity one time mm -hmm. on a car lot. Have I told the story? I have oh, no I'm idea. Here. It's I'm been here. 517 episodes. How am I supposed to know what so, we've talked yeah, about and anyway, what we have not talked about? I'm here, so I'm going to go ahead with it. But I was meeting a buddy for lunch who was like the general manager of the car dealership. We stroll in and I'm waiting for Jeremy to come out of the car dealership. And there's there's a salesman out there who's acting really weird. Who who's Jeremy? My friend who was the general manager of the car dealership. Oh, you already said that? Because <laughs> yes. that just seems like Jeremy came out of nowhere. No, I was very it confused. Did not. Okay. So anyway, the guy is like trying to help me, like I'm trying to buy a car, but he's being very over the top. Yes, sir, walking backward and just like giving me the red carpet royal treatment. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he goes away to get Jeremy because I said I'm waiting to have lunch. Mm -hmm. And my buddy comes out laughing and says, that guy who was just helping you thinks you're Brett Favre. Yep. <laughs> I anyway, see it. I see it. That's the only I had a ball cap on. It's a little scruffy, but. I see the similarity. There's no similarity. I see it. There's a little bit. No. Yeah. I mean, it's nothing like me and 66-year-old Debbie Reynolds, but they're. <laughs> There is something there. You right. know what I mean? Right. You were both white men. But we talked about this on the Patreon hangout call this weekend. And someone said, well, why is that a bad thing to look like a 66-year-old Debbie Reynolds? Like trying to shame me or accuse me of being ageist. Marcus. Yeah. Well, yeah and <laughs> I don't have the drop. But um, it's not that. It's just that it's very far away from my age. So it's now, just a little shocking. Well, let's put a little distance in there. What What if you're 15 and you get told you look like a 66-year-old Debbie Reynolds? Mm -hmm. That's some, some of her features 
that's a negative thing. That that's age. That's skin falling away because of gravity. That's that's not what you want to hear when you're when you're sub thirty. So Marcus can go fuck himself. I guess is what I'm saying. Well, that's aggressive, but <laughs> you know. Well, speaking of people going fucking themselves, we got a couple calls about Mitch McConnell that I want to get to before we move on. And before we do, uh, let me drop the number because sometimes I don't do it the entire show. 657-464-7609. Of course, you can always email your voice memos from your smartphone to I doubt it at dollamore.com. Hi, Jesse Brittany. This is Sean from Ohio. I'm calling related to episode 516 where you were talking about Mitch McConnell and his hypocrisy. Unfortunately, I don't know in this day and age having someone have no honor, their word doesn't mean anything, and they're a complete hypocrite, manages to mean anything to the MAGA crowd. I'm related to a number of these people, and they can be excoriating Bill Clinton and pardoning Donald Trump for the exact same thing in the exact same sentence with no sense of irony. The ends seem to always justify the means for them. So I agree putting the billboards and the ads showing that he basically stole Merrick Garland's nomination and now will simply do the exact opposite if something comes available in 2020 because he's just an asshole and a hypocrite is the right thing to do. I'm just not sure it's going to mean anything to anybody. I'm from West Virginia, so I understand the people in parts of Kentucky. I can't explain why they always seem to vote for people who do nothing for them other than uh, hate and saying screw you to the right people overcomes everything else. So that's all. Jesse's the third best part. (laughs) Wow, third. Well, listen, Sean, thanks for the call, first of all. But second of all, uh, I think it will mean something to some people. It may not might not mean anything to the 91% of Republicans who are in lockstep with Donald Trump and his damaging policies. But who it will mean something to are Democrats, especially Democrats who might not normally get energized during an election. And this could be the catalyst for that. People might be able to put two and two together who normally don't and see that, oh, holy shit, this fucking matters because look what they're trying to do with abortion. And I know somebody who had an abortion. I know somebody who needed that medical procedure. And if they do away with that, I understand the ramifications. Mm-hmm. So I think this could be one of those situations from an from an energizing the, the voter base standpoint. But certainly there's millions of Americans who don't give a fuck and some who will conversely also be energized by the fact that he's being a snaky fuck yeah i kind of i i am conflicted when i think about the the human condition where um we have a hard time relating to people unless we've personally experienced things yeah it's a bummer or we aren't necessarily passionate about things unless we've personally experienced them now i understand that the personal experiences that we have can lead us to our passions. And that's why we have people who are more passionate about certain political issues than others. And it's probably important that we have those people be passionate about those different things. 
because we probably can't focus our attention on everything all at once. Yeah. But I wish that it were more common that people could just read about the experiences of other people and really be moved by that, moved to take action rather than having to personally be someone who can't pay your rent or experiencing homelessness or being on food stamps yeah, sure. or having a loved one in the military or whatever it might be, you know? I just think that, that a lot of people out there don't have great imaginations. You know what I mean? And it's kind of separate and apart from, like, I used to be kind of judgmental of, like, someone who who whose wife gets a disease or they brush up against a disease or an illness, and then all of a sudden they're a giant advocate for that particular thing. That's a dick move. I used to be like that. Because... That's different than what we're talking about. We're talking about human interest things. Mm -hmm. Like you're talking about poverty. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to be poor or having had been poor to take interest in the suffering and the struggles of other people. Mm -hmm. Anyway, it's uh, it's just it's perplexing and maddening sometimes. Yeah. And I I feel frustrated because and I think it's it's mostly my background but i i can't seem to let go of this feeling that i could be in that place i could be homeless yeah i could be i could be there right a few missteps a few uh accidents right i i could end up in a bad place and hundreds of millions of other people too what did it say Mo- most of america doesn't have 400 dollars in the bank yeah most of america is Six months from homelessness if they lose their job and don't get another one. I think it's like 40% of Americans can't pay an unexpected $400 bill yeah. without going into debt or borrowing money. Yeah, yeah. Um, Something like that. But I don't know if it's just my growing up poor that has me feeling like that. But seriously, when I like drive by a, a homeless person, I feel like, wow, that could be me. You know, and I I don't know if that will ever go away. And I feel like it's mainly my upbringing that has me feeling like that. Like I could return. Right. Yeah, sure. Um, but I wish other people could feel that without having to experience it, without having to experience poverty, without coming from a poor background. Just looking at people and thinking, wow, a few missteps and I could be in a terrible position. Right. And it, maybe you don't have that because you have a bunch of money or you have a bunch of familial support. Yeah. Yeah. Or you're looking at some inheritance or maybe you have inheritance. Right. But for people who don't have these things, they don't have nets to catch them when they fall. They literally have no one to call if they get in a bad situation. Um, th- we need to have compassion for those people and not think, oh, yeah, they'll figure it out. Yeah. Right. And we need to vote for people. That yes. get, that understand this, that get it. Again, and, again, we're kind of going back to the Robert Frank thing that a lot of the people we're talking about, they would chalk up their successes or their lack of homelessness to everything they've done right. Right. And not, yeah, if a couple things go wrong, I'm kind of fucked. Right. Yeah. And like Sean said, right, not understanding why certain voters vote against their interests I don't understand what was appealing about Donald Trump to this demographic, right? Because to me, 
I'm like, oh, someone with the gold and the yeah, it's fucking weird. And talking about the money and all this stuff that doesn't matter, and he doesn't get it, and he he doesn't have compassion. Um, I don't want those types of people to be rewarded with power. I want someone who gets it. Yeah. Well, the Republican Party has been programmed and tried to program that that lower, I don't mean low class, but lower class of their voting base to aspire to be, you know, this this mythic American dream that could be for anybody. Mm-hmm. You just got to make the right moves. I could teach you how to make money. Hubba dubba duh. And they fall, they fall for that. Well, and there was a great tweet because... The Republicans, generally speaking, I'm going to generalize, uh, have been criticizing Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez for being a waitress. I don't think right? that's a general critic. I think, You yes. think most of them? Yes. Okay. They denigrate her for yeah, having been sure, a waitress right. and kind of say, we should send her back to the bar, you know, send her back to her waitressing job. She, that's where she deserves to be. Lowly worker. Yeah, and they criticize her for that, right? It's fucking, it's very weird. Someone who's a hard-working fucking American. Right, like the people they want to vote for them, right? Right. Well, every time, <laughs> every time, like, unemployment goes up and people lose their jobs, well, you know what? If I was unemployed, I'd be washing dishes. I wouldn't go on unemployment. I would take whatever job they gave me. Right. That's right. what Republicans always say. Right. And then as soon as they, they, they find someone who's doing whatever they can do to make a living, right. then they fucking shit on her. Right. Fuck them. You're not too good for any kind of job. Uh, you're a lowly waitress. Yeah. You're a lowly bartender, <laughs> right? But but not only that though, then the news came out that Elizabeth Warren was making like $675 an hour or something yeah, as a billing, lawyer. Billing for some clients. Yeah, and they were pissed off about that too. Of course. Oh, look at this elitist Elizabeth Warren. <laughs> right. Almost $700 an hour. Right. So how much money can they make? But it's okay. What is the appropriate amount? See, that's terrible, but it's okay for Donald Trump to fuck over small businesses and contractors and never pay his bills. Yeah. Because... He's the emperor god, Donald Trump. Anyway, we're far afield now from Mitch McConnell. Well, it gets exhausting because facts don't matter. (laughs) That's right. But we have another call about Mitch McConnell. Maybe we'll find another rabbit hole to go down. Hey, guys. Jeremy from Kansas City. Um, I'm just listening to your latest episode. Uh, Friday's episode, actually. I'm not sure if it's your latest. And you were talking about Mitch McConnell being a fucking hypocrite. And you're right. He's a fucking hypocrite. It pisses me off. I mean, but you know what pisses me off the most about it is that now he's right. What he's saying is a sitting president gets to pick the uh, the vacant Supreme Court judge. But the problem is now we're forced to argue with him, even though he's right, saying, well, last time what you said, you're a hypocrite. You're a fucking hypocrite. You're an asshole. You can't do that. But the problem is now he's right. And if we're supposed to be taking the high road and all this stuff, then, yeah, we can point out his hypocrisy, but what are we going to do? We can't just say, well, no, last time you you said that uh, uh, a, a sitting president who is going through an election year cannot pick the president. Are we going to go with that again this time? We can't. We can't. We, the, we have to stick with the facts. So now, yes, he's switching it up, but he's finally on the right track. And that pisses me off so much because I'm not supposed to be agreeing with him on stuff like this. He, but... Ah, oh, fuck, I'm confused now. God, it's so angry. It's so angering and confusing. He sounds confused. I can't believe we're in this position where I'm agreeing with Mitch McConnell and defending him 
I guess, is what I'm doing. God! The fuck? Love the show, guys. I also have an aging dog. Uh, who has ear issues. So you got to stay on top of that. When you think that the ear funk is gone, it's still there and waiting to attack. Okay? So just keep that in Uh-oh. mind. <laughs> always vig- be vigilant and always stay ahead of that shit. Uh-oh. Like it's a fucking alien invasion. Oh, wow. <laughs> now I'm scared. <laughs> well, listen. First of all, Jeremy, thank you for the call. Um, secondly, um, you're wholly and solely wrong about this. <laughs> One, it was a hypothetical. If someone dies in 2020, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. Well, fill it is what he said. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a hypothetical. If if and the Republicans are going to have control of the Senate, and they're going to they've already you know uh, made it so it's just a up and down vote. Mm-hmm. It's not a. It's a thing that Donald Trump's gonna get his way. Mm-hmm. So it's not you have to disagree with him. Mm-hmm. It's the fact that he admitted right. that he's a fucking liar. Yes, that he has zero principles and he's a okay with that. Mm-hmm. Democrats aren't saying no, that's wrong. No, I don't know any Democrats that are saying it's wrong mm-hmm. to uh, for for the, uh, a nominee to get an up and down vote. Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody's saying that. They're saying. Fuck you, you asshole. Yeah. And this is why it's so important for 2020 to flip the Senate, which it hinges on like like Arizona, on um, Indiana, I think. There's like three states that are very flippable right now. Yeah. And uh, we could do that. Yeah. I, uh, I also... Mean, we need, we, sorry, one more thing. We need three seats. It's We need three seats... If uh, we if we win the presidency and four seats, if not, because then Pence will be that tie vote. Anyway, go ahead. I am almost to the point where I'm going to go back to church and I'm going to go every <laughs> single day. Wow. And I'm going to pray every single day for RBG because we really we really need her going back. Huh? We really need her to to stick around. She's not a Christian. <laughs> and that is what they will say when I walk in. <laughs> About you and RBG. Yeah, they will be very upset, but I that is the level of desperation that we are getting to at this point. That is right. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Jeremy and Sean, thank you very much for the calls. We appreciate it. If you out there would like to call in, get your opinion on the record, mix it up with us. We would love to take your call and your opinion. On air, as it were, 657-464-7609 is a number that should be programmed into your phone, as well as I doubt it at Dollamore, which is the email address to which you would email a voice memo from your smartphone. All of that. We should be a contact in your phone like an old friend. Support for I Doubt It with Dollamore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners like you. By way of Patreon. Your support on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month helps keep the show going and move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you would like to join the ever-growing family of supporters, please visit patreon.com slash I doubt it with Dollamore. So along the same lines of adding the phone number in your phone, make sure that you're adding the email in your email contact list. I doubt it at dollamore.com. The reason for this, and it's particularly important if you are a Patreon supporter in the tier that receives the newsletter, okay? Because many people have said 
that they weren't getting it. And uh, we said, hey, go look in your spam folder. And there it was. They were like, oh, yes. there it is. So if you haven't received it, we just sent one the beginning of this month. If you haven't received one, check your spam folder. Okay. Add the email to your e- email contact list so that you will receive it. If you can't find it in your spam folder and you were supposed to have received one, send us a message on Patreon and I can send you a link directly to it. Yes. Yes. Very good. Mm-hmm. So the other thing about supporting the show is that we got an email from Amazon the other day saying, hey, fuckers, we might be turning off your your uh, your affiliate." Mm-hmm. membership or whatever so we our link it's still there dollamore.com slash amazon please continue to use it vigorously mm-hmm. but i think they might be turning it off they might be trying to fuck us yeah they don't like paying people that's right you know it's amazon <laughs> so if that goes away we're gonna have to fucking that's scramble a, that's a bummer yeah it'll be a bummer but Anyway, it's still there, dollamore.com slash Amazon. We encourage you to use it if you're an Amazon shopper. We love you guys. We appreciate you. Thanks for all that you do, all of your dedication and listenership. It means the world to us. Dollamocracy. Facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So on the heels of the Virginia mass shooting during which I believe 12 people now, the death toll is at 12 people. Some good news in the communities, the community of communities that have been affected by mass shootings and gun violence. That, that Broward County Sheriff's deputy, the coward who ran away or didn't go into the school, didn't do his job mm-hmm. during the, the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas shooting in Parkland, Florida. Right has been arrested and charged for his behavior. Got some breaking news now. Uh, We are getting word that that former resource officer at uh, Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida, has just been arrested and charged for his actions during the response to the deadly shooting there. So let's go straight to Rosa Flores. She is our correspondent on the phone. And so, Rosa, talk to me about the charges and just remind everyone his role in the aftermath of that shooting. Hey, Brooke, yes, we are learning uh, these details in real time right now. I'm actually reading in through the uh, press release that was sent out by the state attorney's office. So I'm kind of reading it with you as we go through this. Um, According to the state attorney's office, uh, former Broward Sheriff's Deputy Scott Peterson is facing 11 criminal charges, including child neglect culpable negligence and perjury in connection with his, quote, lack of response to the February 14th, 2018 mass shooting at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas. Now, this is, of course, the MSD shooting that left 17 people dead and and 17 others injured. This happened uh, in 2018 again on Valentine's Day. And according to the state attorney's office, they conducted a 14-month investigation that involved FDLE, which is the Florida Department of Law Enforcement, and the Broward Sheriff's Office. And that's how they investigated the case and how and, and, and where these charges stem from. Now, according to the state attorney's office, Peterson was arrested Tuesday 
and Vaughn was set at $102,000. He would be required to wear a GPS monitor. He, he would have to surrender his passport. He is banned from possessing any firearms while the case is pending. And Brooke, um, Scott Peterson probably rings a bell to a lot of our viewers because he was the resource officer who was at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas, who was armed, who did not go into the building where this shooting was happened. We have covered this extensively. We have seen video of him outside waiting um, and, and, and calling other officers. However, he did not go into the building, into the building where uh, Nicholas Cruz um, uh, was shooting at students. And so, um, Again, this is breaking news. We're just learning about these details from the state attorney's office here in Broward County. And again, uh, former Broward Sheriff's Deputy Scott Peterson is facing 11 criminal charges, including child neglect, culpable negligence, and perjury in connection with the lack of response during the mass shooting at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas. So when they talk about the lack of response, he responds to that. And he says that what he did was notify police and then he's police assisted (laughs) a school lockdown. Yeah. And he was the only armed guard on the school campus. Yes. But the thing is, and this is what the investigation found, that he just remained outside during the attack. Remember, he was the guy in the golf cart kind of just roaming around. And he retreated to take cover rather than actually heading toward the gunfire. Which is what he's trained to do and paid to do. He wasn't just like a a security guard, like a Brinks guard. He was a sheriff's a, a Broward County Sheriff's deputy. So He's a cop. So the thing is, according to uh several law experts, um as I read through various articles, it doesn't seem like this particular uh statute can apply the child neglect. Right, because it's typically reserved for prosecution against caregivers. Uh, like parents and daycare providers that fail to um, take like, care of their children. Yeah, like lock up pills or leave a gun on the coffee table or something. Yeah. yeah. And it seems like, according to what I've been reading from different quotes and things like that across different media outlets, is that the general consensus here seems to be that he has a pretty good defense, that he's not required to respond by like going in the school hmm. and trying to take the take the gunman down i wonder how he'll respond to the perjury they'll probably get him on something but or he'll end up cutting a deal which is more likely yeah yeah so i mean but the defense right now being that he did not have a duty to save the victims yeah of the shooting i don't know how i feel about that i i'm not sure you know i, I what he's paid to do you know, if, if cops are going to be heroes and all the, the, the honor that's just heaped upon them, <laughs> then you'd be a fucking hero, guy. Yeah, I mean... Do your duty. Yeah, but you, you push back against them being identified as heroes. So saying, if they're going to be heroes, well, you don't believe that they're heroes. You just mean in society the way they're perceived. Well, let me put it this way. If you're in combat, you don that uniform and you've got you've got people that are under your charge to protect... And to serve with. And in his case, he did do this. He did don the uniform. And he is there to serve and protect. And not just serve and protect, but kids, children. 
it seems to me, and maybe I'm just being a dick about it, that he has an obligation. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think it's complicated because yeah. also he's probably doing the calculus, right, based on what he heard in terms of gunfire. That I'm an old fat douche who's going to probably die and I'm afraid. Well, and I don't know if you can tell what kind of gun you're dealing with just by hearing it. Is that something that he would likely have been able to figure uh, out? We probably had an idea. Right. Yeah. And, and so maybe he did a calculation of, I'm not... I'm, not, I'm no match against an AK-47. Yeah. Or I, a, 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 an AR-15. Yeah. A 5.56. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Because <laughs> I don't know about these things. Yeah. Um. So maybe that was part of it. I don't know. Of course, this is like an individual thing, right? This guy responded in this way. You have students who are not armed that go and attack the shooter. Right. So that's something to consider as well, right? Well, the other thing is, is even if he doesn't put himself in direct harm's way where he's actually... like facing down like it's the 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 the, the, the okay corral or whatever the fuck in in tombstone mm-hmm. um he could have at least stalled the shooter or you know spooked him with gunfire there's all i mean in the heat of the moment it's tough but yeah yeah there are other things he could do than just you know charging at the shooter with guns ablazing yeah and maybe there needs to be more training here as well right for uh campus resource officers whatever they're called yeah or just don't hire cowards i mean how do you determine that you know what i mean can we not hire criminals too (laughs) can we not hire people who like murder people for no reason that would be great as well that would be a good start how about this can we live in a perfect world how about that yes i think that's the better question that you're asking yes we can can we live in la la land (laughs) without all the singing and dancing yeah (laughs) Minus that. <laughs> All right. Well, we'd love to know what you think. Of course, again, 657-464-7609. Let's move on. Uh, this last weekend was the California Democratic Convention, at which a lot of Democrats came out. Not Joe Biden, but a lot. And they were kind of... The, the, the Democrats that were more on the Joe Biden side of the spectrum didn't have as good a time as maybe they thought they would. In our 2020 lead today, Democratic presidential candidates taking their shots at the front runner without even needing to mention his name. Joe Biden was the obvious target at the California Democratic Convention. Biden didn't make the trip. And as CNN's Leila Santiago reports, based off the crowd's reactions to other more moderate Democrats, that might have been for the best. A heated weekend for 2020 Democratic candidates, thanks to protesters, progressive audiences, and each other. You know, Vice President Biden can do what he wants to do. I'm going to work hard. Presidential hopefuls campaigning in San Francisco took a more aggressive approach in some cases to distinguish themselves and their opponents, some taking aim at frontrunner Joe Biden. We cannot go back to the old ways, we have got to go forward with a new and progressive agenda. We have got to make it clear that when the future of the planet is at stake, there is no middle ground. Biden did not show up for the Democratic Party convention in California, the state with the largest number of delegates in an earlier than usual primary in 2020. 
Our country is in a time of crisis. The time for small ideas is over. The riskiest thing we could do is try too hard to play it safe. My name is Joe Biden. Instead, Biden kicked off Gay Pride Month at a human rights campaign gala in Ohio, focused on President Trump and seemingly unfazed by any direct or indirect criticism made by fellow candidates. Criticism some of his fellow moderates, who went to California, heard from the crowd. Socialism is not the answer. (laughs) Medicare for all may sound good. But it's actually not good policy, nor is it good politics. Wow. Then there was this. A protester rushing the stage towards Senator Kamala Harris, forcing her to walk off and her husband, Doug Emhoff, to step in and pull the microphone away from the protester. Later tweeting, I love Kamala Harris and would do anything for her. And Biden's campaign declined to comment about the criticism. But, you know, as we talk uh, about the criticism and kind of see it ramp up on the campaign trail, important to note, there's this thing called We Are Indivisible Pledge, in which 17 candidates have signed on pledging to make the primary constructive. One of those who has not signed on, Joe Biden. Ooh, to, yeah. to make the primary constructive, huh? I don't know exactly what that means, but let me tell you something. I don't know what the hell that means. It either. is telling that everybody's on board with it except little little Joe, old old, old Joe, whatever we're calling him, mm-hmm. Sleepy Joe, mm-hmm. <laughs> Massagey Joe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I think this is interesting, and watching the video footage of the mic being ripped out of Kamala Harris's hand. Actually, she kind of handed it to him. Uh, but he definitely rushed the stage. The man bun guy. The man bun yeah, was who rushed the stage. Sca- I think it was uh, could have been a scary... I mean, it, not could have been. It was a scary moment. Because you don't know what the fuck's happening in the moment. Absolutely not. And what the hell? She's a presidential candidate. What is going on with the security around yeah, here? Yeah, very weird. Yeah. Um. Now, the guy who got booed, what was his name? Delaney. Yeah. Delaney. The guy that Medicare for all, bad, bad policy. But pick, know the room, dude. Yeah. <laughs> know who you're. T- that's California's Democratic Party, you fucking nitwit. Yeah. He tweeted something because he was not happy about being booed. Oh, he wasn't, was he? <laughs> So he tweeted, another point, if you are booing Democrats, do you really expect the country to trust what you have to say if you can't listen respectfully to people in your own party? Let's raise the discourse and not fall down to the level of the president. And this is really disgusting because, and again, I I don't want to sound like a broken record because I know I keep talking about this, but we need to be able to offer constructive criticism to candidates on our side yes right whatever team you're on you need to be able to constructively criticize and and i think just so everybody is understanding what you're saying that means booing's okay that's communicating we don't like your idea yeah you're a politician there nobody rushed the stage nobody threw fucking milkshakes on him Everybody just booed. No, we don't like this. Right. We don't agree. Yeah. No one talked about how you're bald. Like no one said anything right. about your appearance. You know what I mean? Like you're you're not being bullied for anything. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, so what he did, effectively, what he's doing with that tweet is, yeah, California Democrats are just like Trump, just like a Trump rally, which is not the case. Yeah. No. You you said something dumb. Yeah. 
you know that it's dumb. You you know that you're not going to be president. No one really understands what you're really doing there no, anyway. More, moreover, no one even knows who the fuck he is. Yeah, I couldn't remember his name and they just said it. I, yeah. You know? So <laughs> that's more of what he should be worried about. Right. Right? And I really want to... <laughs> avoid this thing happening where we're like no we can't talk about because we, what's wrong with our right. candidates quit tearing me down we're we're never gonna win if we're always blah 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 blah, blah. this is the this is the marketplace of ideas his idea didn't win in the marketplace and this is the time to do this yeah right also, now listen if you're a democrat running for president and you're not for a viable solution of medicare for all or health care for all then you need to get the fuck out of the race because now is the time. Big ideas or go home. Mm-hmm. Ugh, this 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 old way of doing business, the old fucking Joe Biden way, the old Bill Clinton way of just barely being off track from what Republicans do. Not going to play anymore. Yeah. That's not where America is, mm-hmm. Delaney. Mm-hmm. Boo, don't boo me. Yeah, and don't send me emails about the bald thing. I just, it was the first thing that came to mind because his picture's right there. You said no one was making fun of how he looks. You just made an observation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No one did say, hey, you're fucking bald, guy. Right. So, bald John. No one one said that. No one said, hey, nobody knows who you are, John. Yeah. No one said that. No mean comments. (laughs) Just being booed. Just a little boo, delicate boo. Yeah, just there was a lot of delicate boos that sounded like a roaring, roaring boo. Yeah, I mean, it was a beautiful chorus of boos. A lot, a lot of boos. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I, I don't, I, it is bizarre to me. Well, one, it's very clear why Joe Biden chose not to show up because he probably would have been among the people who weren't well received or as well received as he would be anywhere else. I mean, this is the weird thing about Joe Biden being in the lead. Have you seen any appearances from him? No. Have you seen any like speeches from him? No. Talking about what his policies are? Well, the only policy that he has done is when he released it on his website, which was fucking plagiarized. Climate yeah. science was was put out as his own policy, but it was lifted from several studies and several other websites, mm-hmm. which is a bummer. And look, let's not get it twisted here, folks. I don't believe Joe Biden wrote the content on his website. I don't believe he's the one that plagiarized it, but it's not fucking good when he's got that sitting there in his past, just dangling for this election that he was guilty of plagiarism in the past. Yeah, for sure. Not good. Yeah, it's definitely not good. And I can imagine the people listening to this getting very upset because there's some negativity being spread right now about Mr. Joe Biden. But the thing is, I really want you guys to think about that. Have you seen a lot from him? Right? Compare yes. compare how much you've seen from him to how often you've seen Elizabeth Warren out on the campaign trail. You know? Yeah, when your slogan is I've got a plan for that and then there's actually a fucking plan. That's a big that's a far cry from platitudes and folksy talk. Now, one thing we're going to have to talk about next time is Elizabeth Warren's economic plan which was released today, which is being met with a lot of criticism. So we will get to that. This is not a 
criticize only a handful of candidates like we're talking about. We, we really believe that there needs to be robust criticism for all of the candidates, especially early on in this particular time. Exactly. Before even the first debate has happened, this is the time to have these conversations, you guys. So we think it's important that we do that. And we hope you think it's important, too. They better hope it's fucking important. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the other thing that happened this week, the New York Times has uncovered the fact that there, there's this guy who just died last summer, and his name is Thomas Hoffler. Hofeller. H-O-F-E-L-L-E-R. Mm-hmm. Hofeller. Mm-hmm. And he was a... As the New York Times describes him, he achieved near-mythic status in the Republican Party as the Michelangelo of gerrymandering. Mm-hmm. Well, when he died, he had all these hard drives that his daughter found. and His estranged daughter. His estranged daughter. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So this makes a difference. And she found all these data that point to and that, that contained language that was that was used lifted by the commerce department and the justice department to justify the citizenship question on the census. Right. And this was only discovered in a federal court filing on Thursday. And like you said, the New York times reported on it, but if she hadn't given these files over, we we wouldn't even be talking about this. So she found the files on the hard drive and those files showed that he wrote a study in 2015 about the citizenship question and adding it to the census and his his conclusion uh, related to adding the citizenship question was that Republicans would be able to create extreme gerrymandered maps that would get in the way for Democrats. That's right. That would be problematic for Democrats, which is which is part and parcel. It's it's the the strategy of Republicans to not only suppress the vote, but also to twist the district so that the vote is advantageous to them. Mm-hmm. And he actually wrote, okay, this was his conclusion, that adding the citizenship question would, quote, be advantageous to Republicans and non-Hispanic whites. Yeah. So take that into account when you have someone who tries to tell you that the Republican Party isn't at its core a white supremacy party, because that is exactly what they're doing as a means to an end with policy. And now all of this is going to be entered into the record and the Supreme Court will see just how non-fucking political they are with this Kavanaugh Supreme Court, because they're going to have to take this into consideration. This will be part of the argument. This will be, it's hard to deny when direct lines from his writings were used by the commerce department. Now the motivation here, cause this is what critics say, right? That adding the citizenship question to the census would deter immigrants from yeah. actually being counted. And that that would have the effect of shifting political power to Republican areas. So that is the connection there. And this is now evidence Right. That yeah. we have that the Trump administration more evidence was using this question wants to add this question to the census because it's going to advance the interests of the Republican Party. It also indicates that it was all a fucking ruse. And this was the this was the fix. The fix was in from the very beginning. This has all been a strategy to get this question added so that they could 
gerrymander stronger and harder for the benefit of white people who largely are the voter base of Donald Trump. Hard to argue. Anyway, we'll be following this. We'll see how this goes. Uh, I gotta say, typically confident Jesse D is not super confident on this one because I, I have very diminished faith in the independence of the Supreme Court. And it's gone downhill. I know that uh, the Attorney General doesn't have anything to do with the Supreme Court. But um, watching the performance of Bill Barr has uh, has been a blow to my confidence in the system. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Anyway, the other thing we want to briefly talk about is YouTube. This thing happened this week where Carlos Maza from Vox has been being harassed by Steven Crowder, who is a conservative ding-dong with 3.7 million subscribers on YouTube. He's the guy who goes to college campuses with a sign on a, on a folding table that says, there's only two genders, change my mind. He's that fucking guy. Mm-hmm. He's a provocateur. Mm-hmm. He's a harasser. Mm-hmm. That is what he does. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Carlos, who does those strike-through videos on Vox, I've, I, I follow him on Twitter. I watch every one of his videos. He is a... He's ta- wildly talented. Super talented. Very intelligent. Super fucking smart. Yeah. Awesome videos. And I would, I would suggest, just in solidarity with Carlos, you go subscribe to Vox right fucking now. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he put together this mashup of a couple years worth. Several videos worth, we'll say. Of harassment. This is Carlos who had to go through and put this mashup video together of Steven Crowder maligning him, harassing him online. And before I play it, I want to say that uh, Carlos is uh, Latino. Carlos is gay. And as a matter of, of preparing you for what you're getting ready to hear... There's a lot of, of, of anti-gay trash fucking language in this. And I didn't be it. well, one, because that's not really what we do, but also because Carlos didn't. It's important to know the kind of hate that you're up against when you go up against it. And this is who Steven Crowder is. Before we get to the video... Uh, with our favorite, favorite lispy sprite <laughs> from Vox. It's ridiculous. It's bonkers. You're being given a free pass as a crappy writer because you're gay. That center line on his little queer graph there. <laughs> what is, what is well, that Well, now line? the graph is queer? It's violence, filth. Okay, so the little queer could eat his chips all nonchalantly. It's code for rape, Mr. Queer Eating Chips on the Vox channel. <laughs> chip, 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 but you can eat just one. Like dicks. This is what Mr. Gay Vox wants to do. Mr. Lispy Queer from Vox. What, what, what were you holding, Gay Latino from Vox? <laughs> Even his hand movement in fast motion is gay. Now we're here with a short-haired angry lesbian on Skype. And cable news, cable news bitching. Two gay guys sitting there eating a banana. We get the symbolism there. <laughs> the truth is hiding in a closet two weeks later, probably along to his next Pride Parade outfit. This guy 
on the gay semi-Latino Vox. <laughs> Oh, okay, so you really are just an angry little queer. All right, I can't deal with this sprite anymore. Okay, he just sashays across without a, like, just stop. Oh. The gay Vox sprite is wrong. <laughs> now he could be a tranny, your honor. But how many lispy, angry sprites and Vox sashay across your screen and try and tell you otherwise? Or you, by the way, the gay Mexican guy. The gay Latino V-neck. Gay Mexican. Or Mexican gay guy used to work. Mexican oh, gay oh, Latino oh, there oh, at oh, uh, at Vox. Oh, uh, gay Latino from Vox. The token Vox gay atheist sprite with surprisingly, surprisingly flaccid chest considering how thin he is, it is it's very bizarre to me. Uh, huh. Ad hominem, yes, but it was an addendum to fat. This is enraging. That's an understatement. You know, I tweeted and had some people come back at me because, you know, I, I make my joke about this seems like a guy who's never been punched in the face. This is a guy who's never been checked, who's never had to fear for his safety. Mm-hmm. Like he's putting Carlos in fear of his. Mm -hmm. Because when you have 3.7 million subscribers on YouTube and you dispatch them with your hatred, yeah, there are consequences to that. Oh, yeah. People are unhinged. Carlos was doxxed and he received hundreds of text messages. Debate Steven Crowder. How is it that I saw the screenshot of the text messages? How is it that? They're all saying exactly the same thing in exactly the same words. Debate Stephen. That's an organized movement. It's not, hey, guy, debate Stephen Crowder. Or why don't you go debate Stephen Crowder? It's just debate Stephen Crowder. That's an organized docs. Mm -hmm. And you can't. I don't buy that Stephen Crowder had nothing to do with it. Can we go back to your tweet in which you said this is someone who's never been punched in the face. Yes. Because I want to highlight two hilarious responses that you got. Um, first of all, someone came back and said that uh, he's done like Brazilian jiu-jitsu his whole life, <laughs> which of course he has. Of course he of has. Of course he has. Like Stephen Lindsay. Is that his name? No, James Lindsay. James Lindsay and uh, Bogosian. With his karate avatar even sam harris is a, yeah, a brazilian yeah, they're all fighters guy. they're all super tough guys it's really great and then another person came back and they reported you they reported your tweet for a threat yeah for a threat against another user yeah and this person's twitter handle was something like at fight the censors yes big free speech person <laughs> and then you go to his profile and it says the best in his bio the best looking latino trump supporter or something That's like right. that in america or and something. his avatar is of ricky martin yeah none of this i noticed until you pointed it out and i was laughing my ass off i'm just who are these people i'm just thinking <laughs> of course of course these are the people running to defend steven crowder yeah also, I wasn't threatening him. I don't think anybody should punch him in the face. I was making a statement about the fact that this is a guy who's never been checked. Never because been... when you've been checked before, you think about what the fuck and how you treat people for the fact that, oh shit, I remember having been punched in the face. It wasn't good. Maybe I should watch what the fuck I say. It wasn't good. <laughs> Take it from someone who's been punched in the face. Mm -hmm. It's not great. Yes. It's not fucking great. Yeah. So anyway, mm -hmm. Carlos... Gay Wonk, I believe, is his Twitter handle. I would also suggest you go follow that fucking guy and support him. Yes. He started tweeting YouTube. Like, hey, man, what the fuck? I have been harassed for years over the course of several of my videos, many of my videos, where Steven Crowder does takedowns of the videos. Mm -hmm. His debunking, quote unquote, 
of the videos. A lot of debunking that you hear there when he's calling a lispy queer and a lispy sprite sashaying across the screen. A lot of substance. YouTube responded. Ah, We're going to look into this for you. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they tweeted in response to his video mashup. Thanks again for taking the time to share all of this information with us. We take allegations of harassment very seriously. We know this is important and impacts a lot of people. Our teams spent the last few days conducting an in-depth review of the videos flagged to us. And while we found language that was clearly hurtful, the videos as posted don't violate our policies. We've included more info below to explain this decision. As an open platform, it's crucial for us to allow everyone, from creators to journalists to late-night TV hosts, to express their opinions within the scope of our policies. Opinions can be deeply offensive, but if they don't violate our policies, they'll remain on our site. Even if a video remains on our site, it doesn't mean we endorse or support that viewpoint. There are other aspects of the channel that we're still evaluating. We'll be in touch with any further updates. So, one, thanks for putting this mashup together of content that's already on our platform. That's a weird thing. Thanks for keeping us aware of the kind of things that are on YouTube already. That shouldn't need to be said. But before this happened, he put out an apology video. Stephen Crowder. I'm using air quotes here that you can't see because this is a podcast. Because this is the apology, the end of the 21-minute video. Where he's being just a smart aleck fuck. Finally, I would like to apologize for the use of all of the following racially, sexually, and generally prejudicially charged pejorative nouns and or adjectives that have been used on this program. Homo. Colored. F***. Queer. Rear Admiral, buzz cutted lesbian chain gang, starfish, and Mexican. I think, uh, I think that about covers it. Um, Again, I would like to issue my sincerest apologies. And if I've forgotten anybody, please list your grievances in the comments below. I'll be sure to get back to you with great haste. So he's being a a, a dick here. This is an apology. Mm -hmm. Also, I went, because this is the end of the the 21-minute video that Carlos posted. So I went to the actual video because I thought maybe Carlos had bleeped this to protect people outside of his group that were being maligned. Mm -hmm. And that wasn't the case. This was bleeped on the Steven Crowder video. So he's just being a fucking cock here. Mm -hmm. Well, YouTube came back after their investigation, their wide ranging investigation into the videos that had been flagged. And they said, yeah, you're not going to do anything about that. Ultima, I'm paraphrasing here. And then just minutes later, they said, actually, because there was outrage. This, Twitter's been fucking, this is what Twitter has been about for about three days. Mm-hmm. Then they came back and said, actually, he did violate some of our policies, and we're going to demonetize his platform. 
right? They said, update on our continued review. We have suspended this channel's monetization. We came to this decision because a pattern of egregious actions has harmed the broader community and is against our YouTube partner program policies. Now, this is very dumb because we know that that's not what it was. We know that it was the backlash that YouTube received. The pressure, like you just said, after their decision which was a terrible one, um, to not punish him when what he was doing is against their policies. People then went into their policies and they highlighted that you cannot use your platform to harass. Well, they also, they, they, they highlighted the, the four tweet thread, the language they used in that about, uh, although the, the language might be harsh or vile or whatever the w- words they used, mm-hmm. then they went and highlighted the policy and the words they used in the thread were the same in the policy that they say you can't do. Right. So, so what? So what was the, what was the point of all this? I don't understand. And then they came back and said to another tweet of his that he can have monetization turned back on after he deletes the link to the shirt that he always wears in his video that says socialism is for fags. Are you fucking kidding me? And then because they're inept, they came back and then clarified again. No, no, no. His his monetization is turned off until he addresses all of these many, many issues that are that we found. So as it stands now, Stephen Crowder's channel is not and cannot and will not be monetized until further notice. Here's my prediction on this, and that's that he's going to clean up his act, quote unquote, come back and YouTube's going to remonetize him because he has 3.7 million subscribers. And that is a lot of money that not only he will be missing out on, but also YouTube. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's where we are. I think it's important that all of us, except for the hate listeners, <laughs> all of us, Support the work of this creator. Because let me tell you, like I tweeted today, I work my ass off putting out the content for YouTube. It's hard fucking work. And if all you got to do to make a name for yourself and to build a a wildly successful channel with millions of subscribers, if all you got to do is be a fucking racist bigot and a homophobe and throw around transphobic fucking language, well, that's terrible. Yeah, I want to read Carlos's thread on this because I I feel like it's kind of an important um, bow on the whole conversation. In response to YouTube saying that they are going to suspend the channel's monetization, he said, so the fuck what? Basically, all political content gets demonetized. Crowder's revenue stream isn't from the YouTube ads. It's from selling merch and the shirt that you mentioned, Jesse, to millions of loyal customers that at YouTube continues to drive to his channel for free. Demonetizing doesn't work. Abusers use it as proof that they're being discriminated against. Then they make millions off of selling merch, doing speaking gigs, and getting their followers to support them on Patreon. The ad revenue isn't the problem. It's the platform. 
YouTube drives millions of new consumers, drives millions of new customers toward Crowder's high engagement content, which he then uses to sell those shirts for profit. It's a business and YouTube's technology provides bullies and bigots with an endless supply of news customers. For the record, demonetizing Crowder means that YouTube now treats anti-LGBT harassment the same way it treats pro-LGBT content. Bonkers. And then he links to an article about YouTube restricting and demonetizing LGBT videos. Yeah. The problem isn't Crowder, Carlos goes on to say, and the problem isn't monetization. The problem is that YouTube allows monsters and bullies to become superstars, break YouTube's rules, build an army of loyal, radicalized followers, and then make millions selling them merch that sustains their work. And I think that that is a nice summary because Steven Crowder is violating their policy. He is. Right. But they don't care. Why don't they care? Until... There's a negative backlash on Twitter. Right, that could affect their bottom line. Right. Yeah. And then they're like, okay, we hear you. Maybe now we'll apply this policy that exists, that's written down, that people can read. Until they give him his money back, which they're going to fucking do, mark my words. Well, and it's like you always say, right? You do videos on sensitive content, white supremacy, LGBT issues, these are sensitive things, apparently, and you get demonetized for talking about those things. You know, they just did... Like clockwork. They just took action on a bunch of white supremacist channels. Yeah, that's right. And they did that today. And Carlos, I think, from reading through his, his Twitter feed, is getting backlash from that because Steven Crowder is now trying to link him. That was already in the works. I know, people are stupid, but right. that was already in the works. Right, but apparently, um, Carlos is retweeting a journalist and supporting him. He was a part of the purge, and he reports on white supremacy. He documents their activity, right. And he's not a white supremacist. Yeah. He reports on white supremacy, yet he is now being punished and demonetized. So why can't they figure this out? There's no surgical skill here. It's a fucking bulldozer that they use when they do this. Like, I don't understand because honestly, and it happens to your videos too. You'll All be, the time. You'll be reporting on the Charlottesville rally and Heather Heyer's death, right? You're not advocating video, white supremacy. That video got me a fucking a community guideline strike. Right. And I had to appeal it and had had to have a human come and look at the video and be like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, that you're not being a fucking dick. You're being a decent human being who's standing in the gap for marginalized communities. Right, but wasn't it permanently demonetized? Permanently demonetized and also restricted right. where, like, kids can't even see it. It's, yeah. It's restricted. They don't even, they don't serve the video. Right. It's not recommended. Right. It's... Yeah, so they eventually fucked. came around and said, okay, we're going to remove this strike on your channel. But all the other shit is, is no good. Right. Yeah. They can't get this figured out about what is harassment, what is not, what is someone advocating white supremacy, what is someone reporting on white supremacy? I mean, what is with all of these large social, social media corporations that can't figure this out? Dropping the fucking ball. It's, it's yeah. crazy. It's maddening. Well... And you know, because you're in, you're on the inside. I mean, mm -hmm. you're as big a part of the YouTube channel as me, except you're not appearing on the camera. Mm -hmm. it, it, it is. It's maddening. Yeah. It's infuriating. It's enraging because I am putting out content that is that is advocating for oppressed groups and such. The only person I, I, I attack is Donald Trump. 
and he's the president of the United States of America, I think he can fucking handle it. Mm-hmm. He's the ultimate public figure. Anyway, we kind of just brushed over the top of this, but we'd love to know what you think. We'd love to have you as part of this conversation, which we're going to be picking up here in another couple days, maybe tomorrow with uh, another episode this week. So 657-464-7609. Please plug it into your phone. Give us a call. Let us know what you think. Also email a voice memo from your smartphone to I doubt it at dollamore.com. Listen, I want to talk about helping support the show. It is, especially going into this 2020 election, it is very important. I really want to do some good work related to it. Unfortunately, it's not free to do the show. Anyway, if you're in a position to do so, we would really love and appreciate your assistance on Patreon. Go to teamdollamore.com. You can choose a tier. There's some rewards. It's a good time. Uh, And we'd love to have you. We'd love to have you help us, to to partner with us, to produce this content. You're helping not only the show here, but you're also helping on YouTube. It's it, it's it's a family. There's a community we've built, um, and we love you guys for everything that you do. Taking part, sharing your opinions, helping us move the conversation forward. Anyway, we will see you next time on episode 518. For Brittany Page, I'm Jesse Dollimore, and this has been I Doubt It. And I was like, wow, I have really fucked myself here.